Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio. Merck, Odie, Charles, Kaiser, live broadcast on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Call in at 646-668-8795 and listen and subscribe via Eclectic Media Presents on iTunes and Google Play. Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio. Mock Talk Radio. Like, we did it, forget it, we took a 
admit it, we talk it and we live it. And the girl you with now, for no problem, get it. I say Cleveland fitting with guns, police, forgive it. If being raw is a crime, then I admit it. And I will fit it, regardless, all this plus conceited. Like an abusive pop, so prepare to be cheated. Cheated yourself, and you turn your back on the king. And what did you accomplish, y'all? Not a damn thing. This is my ring, and I'm the undisputed champion. Winner by TKO is Lord Long. That's beef, are you ready? Cause I'm coming for y'all. I can't do nothing but laugh, you wanted my damn call. What's beef? Beef is when you need to get to go sleep. Beef is when your mom thinks they fulfill a sleep. Beef is when I see you, guaranteed to be an ICU. One more time, what's beef? Beef is when you need to get to go sleep. Beef is when you ain't even safe in the street. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Mock Talk Radio, M-O-C-K, Merck, Odie, Charles, Christopher, uh, making our consumers, our connections, knowledgeable about what's going on based on our opinions, the friendly conversations, the back and forth, you dig? Merck, what's the word on the street? What's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you real good. What about my mic? Because I'm using a different mic today. No, you sound good. You know what it was? I had a problem with my microphone, and I keep forgetting that when I put in, I have a, a CAD mic that I got for my birthday, and right. um, it, it throws my drivers out of whack. So, like, when I right. put it in, I couldn't hear anything from any source, so I just, all right. I mean, though, the that's old mic. you need to get, and that's why you should get a blue snowball. I, I, was, I thought I had a commercial ready for that, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I missed around and got another blue from Radio Shack recently, but it doesn't have the same features as my original blue. I'm going to probably make that the radio blue and use the other one for the studio back in Roxborough. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. I'm glad everybody's yeah. well. We don't have, oh, we don't have Charles, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know where they at, <clears throat> but it's all good. Yeah. Today's, um, we're going to be talking now with um interview with recording artist French Vanilla. Listen to a few of his tracks and figure out what's going on. With him and his movement, Mark's gonna talk. You know, Mark's gonna do his usual thing of politics. You know, mm-hmm. Donald Trump meeting with Kanye West and Ray Lewis. So I say it was yeah. pure coonery. Well, I guess we'll find out more about that. So is also gonna elaborate on student phones and the impact it's having on Americans. Oh, I'm supposed to hit us up with Ratchet TV and give her a review along with myself about a movie called Collateral Beauty starring Will Smith. And if we get into it, he said, she said, we'll talk about um, cheating. The serial mental health issues involved with serial cheating, dot, dot, dot. Well, without, oh, I'm not going to do that segment. But anyways, all right, man, let's get into it. What you got, Mark? I, I, I'm going to start off on a very strange note. Uh, I never saw Uncle Tom's Cabin or read the book at all. And I, I had to look into it a little bit. I didn't get a chance to read the book, but I had to look into it, the story of Uncle Tom's Cabin a little bit. And... um. For those of you who have read it or seen the, I think there was a movie about it too. Uh, Uncle Tom was, of course, a slave. He was also a Christian, which is important to the story. Because, um, long story short, there was a part toward the end where Uncle Tom uh, knew the whereabouts of some escaped slaves that escaped from his own plantation. And uh, there were two uh, overseers who were slaves who became overseers, one called Quimbo and the other one called Sambo. And uh, at their master's orders, they beat Uncle Tom 
to get the information on the slaves, and Uncle Tom won't give up the information, so they eventually end up beating him to death. So Uncle Tom, in that sense, is kind of a hero because he gave his own life to uh, protect slaves who had escaped. But if you look up the definition of Uncle Tom, uh, the Google definition of Uncle Tom is a black man considered to be excessively obedient or servile. And uh, Urban Dictionary puts it as a black man who will do anything to stay in good standing with, and they put it in quotations, the white man, because that could be a whole, whole range of different things. I know it sounds simple, but it could be a whole range of different things. So ain't, we'll do anything to stay in good standing with the white man, including betray his own people. That's, that's the key part. So how I got into this whole thing with Uncle Tom was that I was on a thread talking about Ray Lewis and Jim Brown and their meeting with Uncle Tom. And, and, and I, know, I, I know what I said about Jim Brown was mean, and I'm probably going to – God's going to get me for this. But I said, please, please let Jim Brown have Alzheimer's. That's why he's standing there because he doesn't know where he is. He probably thinks he's at the, at the deli getting the Danish, and then it's like, oh, here's Donald Trump. I'll talk with him. Like, please don't let Jim Brown be willingly in on this bullshit. But he was. So I'm glad he doesn't have Alzheimer's. <laughs> but at the same time, it just seems a little, you know, for someone like Jim Brown and his history, which mm-hmm. admittedly, I, I know bits and pieces as far as his, his activism, you know. But anyway, uh, and then, of course, there's the whole thing with Kanye West. Now, the thing is, in the thread, somebody called uh, Ray Lewis and Uncle Tom. And another person corrected him. They said, they said, Ray Lewis is not an Uncle Tom. Ray Lewis is a Sambo. And I'd heard the term Sambo before, but I didn't know until I read up on Uncle Tom's cabin that he was a character in the book. And he's the one who beats Uncle Tom to death. Well, him and him and Quimbo. So I'm just like, huh, okay, interesting. I, I look at, you know, I had to look at what they said. Like, for instance, with, with Kanye West. And Kanye West looked so uncomfortable standing up there next to Donald Trump. He really did because he's probably <laughs> thinking – this is my dream, but now I can't make music anymore because no one's going to buy it. <laughs> you know, right. And you're talking about a Grammy Award winning artist. and I don't know. If, has he ever won any Grammys? I think he has. Yeah, he won, right? um, he won several. Yeah, he has. Yeah, I think he's one of the most nominated rappers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, he'll probably still get the nominations, but I don't know if he's going to make any sales. I don't know if you can, if you can win Grammys if you only sell 40,000 copies of your album. <laughs> But, um, well, you know, he need to go back to producing. I mean, that was his. That was, I mean, he's co-writing, producing. He can make a lot of money doing that. He ain't got to be a rapper. Yeah. But uh, Kanye West tweeted about his meeting with Donald Trump, and he said uh, he wrote on Twitter that he met with Trump Tuesday to discuss multicultural issues that included bullying, supporting teachers, and modernizing curriculums and violence in and oh, modernizing curriculums and violence in Chicago. And he said, I feel it is important to have a direct line of communication with our future president if we truly want change. And then he followed with a post that read uh, 2024. As, as people may have known who keep up with Kanye, he planned on running for president in 2020. Now he's pushing it to 2024 because it probably means that Trump's going to seek re-election. So I know it's a little early for that because he's not officially the president yet, but that's a different matter altogether. I mean, Trump is a narcissist, so of course you would think that. So, um, 
And there's also speculation that Kanye West is going to perform at Donald Trump's inauguration. He's been having a lot of trouble finding people to perform for the inauguration. No marching band in Washington, D.C. has applied to perform at the inauguration. Never happens. Because usually they're, they're, everybody's throwing in their application. You know, we want our band to perform for the president. They've received zero applications from marching bands. I think the only people who are going to perform is some woman I've never heard of before. I almost called her abroad. And every time I call a woman abroad, I feel like Bluto from Popeye. You know, and, I'm, and, and, and it's almost like me asking the question, why won't these broads date me? Yeah, because I call them broads. <laughs> but um, you have uh, – Basically, you have uh, some woman I've never heard of before, whose name I can't remember because she's probably not really that important, and Andrea Pacelli, who was a uh, opera singer. They're the only ones I know of who are going to perform for Trump. Uh, Kid Rock might perform. Ted Nugent might perform. That's up in the air. But you figure nobody wants to perform for this guy. Kanye West might. We'll see. So, but that, but supposedly that's just speculation that wasn't discussed. Now, when you have the whole thing with Ray Lewis and Jim Brown, right? Ray Lewis said, urban development and job creation are everything. What we believe with, with the Trump administration is that if we can combine these two powers of coming together, he said, forget black and forget black or white. Black or white is irrelevant. The bottom line is job creation and economic development in these urban areas have changed the whole scheme of what our kids see. Yeah, Ray, tell us how a man who puts white supremacists in this cabinet has, a, has all these awesome plans for the black community. Keep thinking that, Sambo. And then you have Jim Brown. He says, I fell in love with him, with Trump, because he really talks about helping African-American and black people, and that's why I'm here. Jim Brown later admitted that while he didn't personally vote for Trump, he admires him for surviving the election. You know, that's okay, Jim, because there were lots of slaves who fell in love with their masters. So maybe you and Trump will go steady. Maybe he'll buy you a salad before he fucks you in the ass. Who knows, Jim? The thing is, it's not about not working with the other side. It's who's on the other side. Because the only way we ever get things done in government is if Democrats and Republicans work together. The problem is, look at the Republicans on the other side. Do you really think they have anybody? Forget black people. You know, I'll agree with Ray Lewis on this one. Forget black people, forget white people. Do you think Donald Trump has anybody's interest in mind, aside from his own? Look, I, I think that if you, if you to ask that question is to zoom out and be like, doesn't everybody do it in order to prep themselves for a cush living after the fact? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how when I see footage of um, President Bush, he looks so so relaxed. I mean, it might be, it might be he might be smoking on that cush cush. I don't know, yeah. but he looks like a totally different man than when he was in office. I mean, Halliburton and all that stuff set him up and his friends up really, really sweet because of that stupid-ass war. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bush was already a multimillionaire when he was president. Only thing is you didn't really hear about it because Bush took all of his businesses and everything and he put it into a blind trust, which is what you're supposed to do when you're president. So this way, your business interests don't interfere with your uh, with your job as president. Now, did did uh, 
did Dick Cheney do that? No, because like you said, you mentioned Halliburton, you know, and Cheney and his cronies made tens of billions of dollars off of the Iraq war, off of people suffering, you know. And like you said, yeah, oh, he looks like he's on Xanax all the time when I see George Bush and he's out there. They were at some uh, – I forgot what event it was, but um, they were playing uh, some song, and he was holding Michelle Obama's hand, and he just starts dancing, you know, swaying back and forth and dancing. Michelle Obama looked at him for a second like, the fuck are you doing, you know, because he doesn't care anymore. He's not president anymore. Like you said, he's already made his money. And he's good. He has nothing else to worry about. And plus, now that Trump is going to be president, he's no longer the worst president who ever lived. So he's <laughs> extra happy about that. Right, right. Exactly. Put it like this. Okay. Donald Trump has broken just about all of his campaign promises so far, and he's not even president yet. Not for another three and a half weeks or so. But do you really think he'll keep his promise to help the black community? When he was talking about the black community, he talks like every person who steps out there during the black community has a 50-50 chance of getting shot in the face. And not by a cop, by, by other people. You know, he, he thinks that all black people live in the ghetto. They don't? They don't? <laughs> Most black people? I mean, uh... Yeah. I mean, if you listen to people like Donald Trump, or uh, Steve Bannon, do you think that all black folks live in the projects? That we don't that we don't work, we don't have jobs, we don't live in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs. Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, but I I lived most of my childhood in the suburbs. Oh, okay. O- Obama is not the president of black people. Okay, Obama is the president of the United States, but Trump seems to be the president of white supremacists. You know, because now they're just so emboldened by him. There was an article I, I should have I should have held on to it, but there was a high school basketball game. The opposing team, and they didn't even say what state the damn game was in, but they had the pictures of the uh, the people in the audience turning their backs to the black team and then holding up uh, Donald Trump, Mike Pence uh, campaign signs, just to show like yeah. you're not welcome. You know. I'll find an article. I'll talk a little bit about it more on Monday, but it's kind of crazy to think that is it okay for Jim Brown and uh, Kanye West and Ray Lewis to work with uh, Republicans? Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. I just mind that. Do you really think that Trump's going to keep his promises? No. You know what Trump's solution is to, the, to helping out the black community? He said in one of his speeches, more cops. We're like the most over-policed people in the country, and his solution is more of that. Because our problem is not uh, all the economic disadvantages that we have in the black community. Our problem is we don't have enough cops. <laughs> That's Donald Trump's big solution. You know, if Donald Trump helps anybody, it's an accident because on his on his thank you tour, he's pretty much just spilling the beans and saying that all the stuff he said was just, uh, you know, it's just campaign stuff to get people to vote for him. He's literally saying that. French vanilla. French vanilla. Oh, I thought we had another person on the line. My bad. But um, 
switching gears a little bit, let's talk about uh, student loan debt. And I have student loan debt. You know, I, 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 I got suckered into going to University of Phoenix, and uh, I owe way more money than I was educated for. So, uh, so this is a little bit. This is something that's a little bit close to my heart. Um, let's start with a general picture of student loan debt of, of the of the student loan debt landscape. Right now, uh, there is 1.2 trillion dollars in total U.S. student loan debt, and there are 44 million Americans who have student loan debt. Okay, there's 11 percent mm-hmm. student loan delinquency. Now, the average monthly student loan payment for borrowers age 20 to 30 is $350. That's the average. That's a BMW car payment. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you have that on top of everything else. The median monthly student loan payment for that same age range is $203. So if you're coming out of school, you're 22, 23 years old, you're coming out of school, you already have that $350 rope around your neck. Not to mention having to worry about getting a car if you have to drive to work, paying for car insurance, paying for life insurance, paying for uh, health insurance if your job doesn't supply it to you. So all that and having to pay 350 bucks on top of that. Now, keep one thing in mind. Around the time when I got my student loans, um, half of my student loans are from Wachovia Bank. The other half are from the government. And what happened was at that time, the government took student loans away from the banks. And the reason why was that the banks were doing student loans. They were charging students about 7%, which is really high. And then uh, all that money they were getting off the interest, they were keeping it. And then they were not really spreading out who gets student loans. And the thing is, let's just say I defaulted on my loans, right? The government has to pay for it. So it's still a taxpayer burden if someone defaults, even though the taxpayers aren't seeing any of that revenue. So the banks were getting all the rewards and taking none of the risks. So the government kind of reined that in. So what happened was the government lends the money at a lower rate. All my Wachovia loans are at 6.8%. All of my loans that I got from the government were at 3.5%. So it's almost, almost cut in half as far as the interest goes, right? Mm-hmm. And all that – now, if somebody defaults, yeah, it comes off the taxpayers, but not really because that money comes from all the revenue they're getting from the interest that they're earning from the student loans, and now the government is lending money to more people. So – and also, uh, this is from a few years ago. It didn't actually give an exact date, but this is from uh, – I already have it up – from WhiteHouse.gov, right? So they were doing all these things to help students manage their debt more. Like, for instance, limiting payments to 10% of your income, right? Uh, Forgiving any remaining debt after 20 years or after 10 years for those who in public service. So I would imagine like if you were in, uh, let's just say you were, were, uh, I almost said a DA. (laughs) If you were a... uh, God, what is it? Jesus Christ. I just saw an episode of uh, on TV about that. A public defender. Sorry about that. If you're a public defender and um, you serve for 10 years, 
you can get your student loans taken care of, you know, or after 20 years, whatever's left could be forgiven. And, you know, there was a lot of little things like, uh, you know, doubling funding for Pell Grants, um, tripling the college tax credit that students get, you know, a break off their taxes. You know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, the Obama administration is trying to do. Now, you got people like Forbes, Politico, Wall Street Journal, you know, who uh, don't like that because they feel that it's being unfair to for-profit colleges. That's like saying uh, you're being unfair to vampires. Vampires get a bad rap. Why you always got to pick on the vampires? All they do is suck your blood and kill you. Why is that such a terrible thing? Like I read a couple of those things from Forbes and Politico, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Because the problem is Forbes, Politico, Wall Street Journal, they see for-profit colleges as a business, and they feel that Obama regulating businesses to stop them from hurting students is a bad thing. That's why I don't read Wall Street Journal. That's why I don't read Forbes. You know, you could be pro-business. If you have small businesses that are hurt by regulations, like uh, being lumped in with bigger businesses that have more resources, that I could fully understand. But you're talking about predatory colleges filling kids' heads with dreams and then saddling them with huge debt at the end. They're treating it like a – and they're saying, well, that's just business. That's not fair. Now, the thing that made me laugh in all this, what made me go down this path was that they had a story about uh, about some of those laws and that it's only for people who enrolled at a certain time. So people who already had student loans and already had them paid off, they don't benefit. Now, they talked to a couple. They, uh, they didn't say how long ago they got their student loans, but they got $38,000 in student loans. They, they were uh, an older couple. And um, the husband got student loans to go to school. $38,000 in student loans. By the time it was all said and done with the interest and all the stuff they had to pay, they ended up owing $117,000. So their student loans, due to interest, it almost tripled the amount that they had to pay. So they had to use a large chunk of their retirement savings to pay off their student loans. Or else how Lord knows how high those loans would have gotten. If it already went from thirty-eight thousand to one hundred and seventeen thousand, hey, the sky's the limit. So they're angry that now all these younger students, all these millennials, are getting breaks that they didn't get. That I fully understand. Right? The laws that Obama made were a little bit wonky, you know. Laws that cover a whole lot of people, and when I say a whole lot, we're talking tens of millions of people. It's never going to be perfect off the bat. But what happens is you have the law, you put it out, you see what happens, and then you tweak it and then you make it better so that it helps everybody or at least the biggest amount of people. So the thing that made me laugh was at the end, not laughing at them because I'm pretty sure I'll be them in 20 years and I'll be using what little I have in my 401k to pay my student loan debts off. So I'm not laughing at them. They wrote to President-elect Trump to ask for his help and to find out why they can't get involved in some of these programs. Blue, let me ask you a question. Do you remember Trump saying anything about college in any of his speeches? 
I remember Bernie talking about it. I don't remember Trump talking about college at all. I don't recall him talking about it either. That was not one of his talking points that I can recall. I haven't seen a lot of his footage as mm-hmm. I only paid attention to the debate, not so much the, um, you know, his um, his tours and all that. They only just saw little sound bits of those, but that never, ever came up as far as I'm concerned. Something about making America great again. I'm still struggling to find out when America truly was great, and right. that's that's really the only talking point that really stands out. And that blacks, he's going to help the blacks, and he's going to he's got to bring manufacturing jobs back and coal mines back, like we need more pollution. But don't remember anything yeah. about student loans, to be honest. And I, I would have said this: if Trump had said something about it, and they wrote to him saying, "Hey, we need you to stay true to your word," I fully understand that because they should hold him to his word. But I don't remember him saying anything about education. What did Trump say? He said, I love the poorly educated. He actually said that, you know, and basically it's the poorly educated that propped him up. You know, we, we, we went over the exit polls a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the poorly educated love Trump. They hate what they consider to be the elite. In their eyes, the elites are people who are smarter than they are. They love the rich. They just don't like the elites, which is kind of funny. You know, I think that uh, public college should be free. You know, and if you want to go to Harvard, if you want to go to Yale, if you want to go to Duke, you know, and you want to pay to go to those colleges, sure. And I'm pretty sure uh, a degree from Duke is going to hold way more weight than a degree from Nassau Community College. Not knocking Nassau Community College. I went there for a couple of semesters. It's a great. It's a great school. I just ran out of money, you know, or else I would have finished my education there years ago. And uh, even for the the semester that I went there, I, I had a great time. It was a great place to learn, and that's why I think that everybody should have that access to be able to go to public college. You know, because you figure like this: if our manufacturing jobs are disappearing, you know, I know everybody's not built to be. Uh, an accountant everyone's not built to be a lawyer everyone's not built to be a doctor everyone's not built to be an architect you know there are some people who are much better with their hands than they are with uh, a ledger you know and the fact of the matter is we need those people that's what people aren't realizing so but to get a good vocational job you need an education you know you can't just wake up one day and fix air conditioners. You need to be trained in that. You can't wake up one day and be an auto mechanic. You need to be trained in that. You know, If somebody wanted to fix my car and said they were a hobbyist, you can't fix my car. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not letting you touch my car. You're a <laughs> hobbyist. Like, you're crazy. Then, you know, next thing you know, I'm driving down the street. My wheels fall off. My timing belt snap. What do you know? Get out of here. You know? But and, and the fact that if they wrote to Congress and asked for their help, that's fine because Congress can help. They just don't want to. You know, but you wrote to Trump. No, Trump's not going to help you. And I think a lot of people missed that vote. And it's funny. You talk to some Republicans that voted for Trump, some, a handful. I'm not even make it seem like it was this huge wave of people, but. They talked to some people at some town hall meetings, and they said that 
If it was uh, Trump versus Bernie, they would have voted for Bernie in a heartbeat. Yeah, I heard and that too. Yeah, and one of the, one of the people said it's because, and it was at and it was at a town hall meeting too, because Bernie talks directly to the people. You know, there was a, a video of Bernie talking to people directly about you know about their problems, like you know what ails you, what can we do to help. Know, and and that's one of the things that was lost on the Democrats. You know, did the Democrats have a plan for education? Yeah, they did. But it was basically a reworked version of Bernie. It was a watered down version of Bernie Sanders' plan. So it, it, it's just it's just funny that way. But uh, I, at least Democrats have been going in the right direction for education. We'll see what happens under the Trump administration, what they're going to do about it, which is going to be nothing. But, you know, I hope it is nothing. I hope the Trump administration does nothing for the student debt crisis because if they do something, it's going to make it so much worse. Mm. And it's going, to, it's going to boost for-profit colleges, and it's going to be a lead weight on the people who are already drowning in student loan debt. So you know what? For the next four years, I hope Trump does nothing about student loan debt. Let it go the way it is, and hopefully – in 2018, maybe even 2020, we can get back something, the Senate, the House, the presidency, something, and then keep progressing towards something better to help students out. So, did you have anything else to add before I, uh, before I, before I let it go? No, nah, I just, I, I think that this, um, what do you call it, student loan thing is basically a crisis. I hear a lot of people having a lot of financial difficulties regarding this issue. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like you get an education, you expect to make more money, and then you're not even making money that you think you're supposed to make. Um, right. I know plenty of people, you know, let's say, you know, I work in mental health. They might be a qualified professional. They go back and get their master's. The job might give them an extra two or 3000 more dollars to be a team lead. Two or $3,000, take and you took on a forty or $50,000 debt, that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even in North Carolina, Pat McCrory was saying that uh, having a master's degree doesn't make you a better teacher than like a, a second year teacher. I'm like, yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. Because that's what they train for to get a master's degree. He just doesn't want to pay people. That's but not his just thing. that. He doesn't respect education like others do. What is he? Right. He's a four year history. He has a four. He has a bachelor's degree in history. So he never even went to get it. I mean, I don't know if he went and got his master's or not, but from what I understand, I think it's, that's what he has—a bachelor's degree. He don't have the same. To me, I know the master's program gives you the more more tools. I used to have a girlfriend who who went the master's route, and she became a master teacher with that. You know, with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been that. And I used to be a teacher. And I was a bachelor level teacher at the time, and I do notice. There was a distinct difference between those with the master's and those with the four-year degree. A distinct difference yeah. in how they manage their classrooms, their um, their teaching staff, and what they brought to the table. Mm-hmm. But definitely here, not there. We definitely yeah. need to do something about that. I need to play this song lottery tonight. But um, so I went. <laughs> I got I got you on your student loans, though. Word. I pr- I appreciate <laughs> that, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go to um. Commercial break, then we'll go into our next segment with our interview with the featured artist, French Vanilla. Tonight at 8 p.m., 
Go to the Jambalaya Soul Slam at the Haytai Heritage Center at 804 Old Fairville Street, Durham, North Carolina, 27701. Tonight they will have a holiday edition of their monthly poetry slam, the best poets in the area. Compete for a cash prize and a chance to make the 2017 Bull City Slam team. The feature this month is coming all the way from Austin, Texas, Miss Erica Bridges Holton. The doors open at 7.30, show begins at 8, and it's a $7 admission. Once again, that's the Jambalaya Soul Slam tonight at the Haytai Harrison Center. And now we have a um, featured guest today. Today's featured guest artist is the artist French Vanilla. And before we get into his interview, we're going to play uh, one of his tracks. So you say you wanna get so high, breathe me in like air tonight. Fresh vanilla. Let yourself unwind, get lost in the garden of mine. Say you wanna get so high, breathe me in like air tonight. Kitchen you be on the track. Let yourself unwind, get lost in the Oh, yeah. 
All right, all right, all right. That was um, Mr. Tanakira, Tanakira by the featured artist today, French Vanilla. Merck, you're up. Oh, hello. No. Kind <laughs> of. Uh, you know, I I usually leave the interviewing stuff to people with with more interviewing skills. I'm more the politics guy, so I don't really do a whole lot of interviews. But um, I'll just come out and just ask you something. I'll just throw a softball question at you. Uh, the name French Vanilla. Where exactly does that come from? Uh, damn, I was, I, sorry, I was hoping he was going to ask me that. All right, so the name French Vanilla comes from a few different, few different places, actually. So, mm-hmm. you know, French Vanilla is my favorite, my favorite soft drink, my favorite, you know, early morning drink or whatever, the French Vanilla Cappuccino. Okay. Um, the flow itself is, you know, sweet and addictive, like the French Vanilla um, drink, and vanilla is my complexion, and I figured I'd do the French with a pH, with a bit of a twist. So instead, okay. of, instead of the F, I threw a PH on there. Okay. You know, I, I didn't want to think it was as simple as because oh, I like French vanilla drinks, but. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> but, but it, you know it, it's just yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, you know, I try to try to keep it simple. There's there's nothing wrong with that. No. All right, Charles, your question. Yeah, hey, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um. Definitely appreciate you coming on the on the show. You know, uh, displaying your talents and, and whatnot. Um, my question to you is, uh, what's like, what's what's your origin? Like, where 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 you came? Where 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 did where were you raised? Where you know your your, your background and everything? Okay, well, I'm from I'm from uh, I'm from Zimbabwe, so I grew up in Zimbabwe. Um, I live in North Carolina right now, so um, came up. In Zimbabwe in the '90s, I moved to I moved to the United States in North Carolina like in the late '90s, and I've been here for a minute now. So this is home for me now. Okay. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Go ahead, Blue. All right, all right. French Vanilla. What are your thoughts yes, on the sir. current state of the game? Your thoughts on the current state of the game? Oh man, you know I'm I'm you know I'm 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 kind of in between, man. I'm I'm torn, you know, because like. The way that I think of the game is I think of how it was like, you know, in the in the nineties when you know, when Jay and Nas and and, 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 and and all of them came out, right? The old school cats, like the people that grew up on like Eric B, Rakim, K R S, they kinda of felt like music was taking a turn for the worst. But you know, um it was just evolving. You know, the the game has changed, you know, it's a lot it's a lot more marketable now. There's a lot more money in it. Um, unfortunately, because of that, if you have a gimmick or an image, you kind of seem to kind of get get by more than everybody else. But um, I have a, an appreciation for what the young cats are doing. I don't really agree with you know the way that they do what they're doing, but you know it, it's just how the game is changing. You know, I'll give I'll give people an example like football. You know, like football was a little bit different in the '80s. You know. Now it's it's more technical, you know. It's, it's a more studied game. They watch a lot more footage, and you know the game has just changed. And hip hop, unfortunately, is kind of the same way as well. You know, it's funny when you when you mentioned football. Like, you know, um, I guess in the way they made it safer, because yeah, I, I watched. Uh, it was a little bit before my time. I watched Jack Tatum, like just launch himself yeah. at a guy and cripple him, get him right in the yeah. right in the head and neck and cripple him. And you can't really do that anymore. I, I think that 
hip hop has gotten a lot less adventurous in that way. Like you have people who, you know, you had somebody like Bone Thugs and Harmony who came out with their own, who, like their own distinct style or or DOS effects, you know. And sometimes it may catch on, sometimes it may not. But it was just the adventure was there of trying to trying it out and see what happens. Exactly. And I don't, I don't, I don't really see a lot of that anymore. I see everybody that's who works, they're, they're carbon copies of each other, and that's my. That's thing. very, that's very true. So, uh, my question is this: Who are your, uh, who are your biggest influences? Man, you know, believe it or not, man, my my, my biggest influences um, actually span beyond hip hop. So, of course, you know, Jay Z is my biggest hip hop influence. I just kind of the way, mm-hmm. like the way he did this thing. Um, I have a lot of respect for for Nas. You know, what I'm saying lyrically or whatever the case may be. Notorious B.I.G. Of course, um, Tupac. You know, probably, arguably the best, you know, hip-hop artist that ever lived. Um, but I also like, I like uh, artists from other genres. I, I love Bob Marley. I grew up on a lot of reggae. I like Elephant mm-hmm. Man. I like Capleton. So, um, yeah, a lot of influence. I, I like the reggae because of the the harmony and the melodies and the way they put their music together. So that, right. that influences me quite a bit as well. And, and I can kind of hear a little bit of those influences in there, and it makes it a little bit more distinct. You know, I, I, you know, it, it puts everybody can't be completely different. There's always going to be something that sounds a little bit like other people. But, you know, I think outside influences will give that music the, that that little distinction that can still set apart from other people. And I kind of see that like in like in the song that, that they just played. I kind of see that in there, you know, so All right. I, that, I, that, I appreciate you noticing that. Yeah, that so that that definitely works. Okay. Okay. So I guess my, my other question to you is, um, like, do you feel the need to conform? I'm not sure if you answer that. I have some technical difficulties, but um, do you feel the need to to have to conform to, I guess, to in in into today's theme or, or trend as far as like um hip hop goes? Oh no, no, I don't. I don't feel the need at all. Like, believe it or not, I actually don't even listen to um mainstream radio or watch mainstream television you know it's more so like when, when I record I just kind of go with the way I'm feeling at that moment or the way that the production you know talks to me if you want to put it like that so I don't, I don't really feel a need to conform to any kind of like a standard or uh, a norm that everybody has set right now okay okay I do have one more question. Um, now you said that Tupac, you said he was like the, the best to ever do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so can can you like elaborate on that? Because me myself, um, I guess I'm more like I guess a, a lyrical miracle type of listener when it comes to hip hop. Um, but no, Tupac, he wasn't as lyrical. I mean, he was able to paint a picture, which was which was definitely a, a good thing as far as hip hop goes. But other than that. I really didn't see anything else, so I try to get people that that were fans of him to to, to actually explain it, explain it to me as far as like what they saw yeah. in him. Yeah, well, I I, I think um with, with Pac it was more so like the passion, you know what I'm saying? Like the dude had passion, and if you listen to most all of the songs that he that he put out, like you could actually, for me personally, I can visualize what he's saying. You know, I, I um I remember Pac when he made Tupacalypse Now, and you know some, some that is some of the some of his best work to me before he went to death row. But um 
I don't know. I, th- I think the perception of what you think lyrical is might be a little bit relative in a way. You know, um, definitely, like, if you, if you think of Pac, you can't, you know, you can't really, like, when you think of Pac, you can't put him, like, in the same category as somebody. Like, like, like Nas is more like a poet. But then Pac is a poet as well. But with me, the influence is more so, like, every time I heard him rap or every time I heard him convey a message, I could actually visualize it and see what he was saying. Like, when I listen to Brenda Has a Baby, you know, like, I can actually right. see the girl with the girl and not, know, not knowing what to do, you know. And I think of, like, the streets is death row. And I'm like, okay, I can actually think of a dude, like, living in a rough neighborhood and having to go through, like, the daily struggles of being, like, a, a, a black teen in a volatile environment, you know. Mm-hmm. I, can def- I mean, I'll I, I, I put it like this. I'm a big fan of MOP. MOP is one of my favorite rappers. Oh God, there you go. See, they, they, I, and, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's yep. that's it. Right there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> mash out party all day. Yeah. Now, if if you took uh, Billy Dan's verse from uh, Andy Up, and yeah. uh, and, and I don't mean to, to bash like the youth, but like a little yachty, yeah, did yeah, yeah. his verse, it wouldn't be the same. Like when he talked about. It you yeah, know, it would have the same energy and same effect. Yeah, I I listened to a, a little Uzi Vert song and and the dude sounded like he was on codeine. There's no life, <laughs> there, there is no energy. You know, and I think that's one of the things from Sugar Hill Gang all the way up was the energy in it. And you could yeah. you don't have to have that same bounce, but for people like me, it definitely helps. So like yeah, a Tupac, the, 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 you know, Tupac had a lot of energy and passion in his music, and I think. Yep. Along with his lyricism, that helped him out. Like you said, you can visualize, you know, what Brenda is going through. You know, when he exactly. talks about I get around, you know, him, you know, him and his boys just having fun. You know, you can yep. visualize it like a Cool G rap song or a Slick Rick song. Yeah. And yep. I think that's that's missing from a lot of today's music. You know, that's very true. So, so I, I agree with I mean, you. That, 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 on, that, on that can be considered to be that can be considered to be relatives as well because you have groups out there like Ray Shrimmer with people with people, you know, could could definitely relate to, you know, as far as like that that party feel good type environment, you know, that, yeah. that they present to you know, throughout their music. So Yeah. And and, and you know, the party vibe is, is fine because I mean, yeah, I mean you could learn something from hip hop, but you can have a lot of fun too. You know, every every record I own isn't always conscious. You know, I like to have fun too. Absolutely. <laughs> absolute. Now I do have one more question for you. Um, All right. Now, now as far as like when when you when you're in your your mode, right? You you're going to the studio, get your music out there. Um, like, do you go all over the place? Like, I, I noticed on this particular track. You you were you, you had a capability to go ahead and rhyme in different languages. It was impressive <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Definitely impressive to me. Um, now, if you now your next project that that you look on on, on you know bringing out, are you gonna have like a like collective of, of different types of songs out there or? So I think with the next project, it, it, it all depends. Like with this one, I kind of took a little bit more of like a hip hop. A hip hop, um, hip hop route with it, you know what I'm saying? But um, sometimes I'll, I'll go in and I'll be like, I want, I want, I kind of want to take it like native and you know, kind of spit on some mm-hmm. shit like from the crib or whatever the case may be. But I think with the next project, it's gonna be more like reggae, reggae centered. We have like a lot of reggae beats, hopefully a lot of reggae collaborations. 
and kind of shy away from the hip-hop stuff per se. But this last project that I just did, I actually put out uh, an EP about three weeks ago. It's online right now on uh, okay. Google Play, iTunes, Tidal. It's called Mr. Chanakira. Um, you can look that mm-hmm. up. And that one is... Um, that one is... Um, more, it, 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 it's hip-hop. It, it, it's very hardcore. It has an old-school sound to it. And I kind of want to, you know, took that took that direction with this one. But, you know, usually what I do is, like, I go in and I kind of like to keep it more melodic. I like my beats to be catchy and, 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 and for, you know, for the actual lyrics and the music to be something where someone listens to it, they can kind of see what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Cool. Dope. Dope. Blue. All right. What do you think your listeners would get out of your music? Well, I think the, the one thing that my listeners get out of my music is just how it's it's feel good music. You know, it's something that is entertaining. It makes you it makes you want to get up and party, and it's gonna uplift you and just make you feel good. Mm. All right, all right. Uh, we're gonna go on to um, Fresh Vanilla's next track. Get this money, keep it far. Come back with some more questions. Can I get one? That I've really been waiting on y'all because I am one of the truest and greatest fans. I know a lot of y'all love her queen, but you can't love them more than me. That's just impossible. Tonight is when we give out what is called the Lifetime Achievement Award in entertainment. I came through and did it though, and now I'm getting digits, yo. I fuck a real women now, had to let the bitches go Got my 40 acres, I got a little crippy though And my black whippy, she a four silly though Pour a little Remy in my sippy, roll up pretty though When we hit the town, man, it's like we shooting videos Mr. Shana Kira, yeah, the whole city knows I seen rappers come, the same dudes is gone But French is still here, still holding strong And you never catch me off, cause your boy's always on And I told all y'all that I got it going on I'm Nice with the flow, nice on the mic, that's how I roll, just do it like Nike, and everybody knows that French do it right, I'm nice with the flow and nice on the mic. They wanna talk about me, when they see me in the street, ask them what it's gonna be, yeah, yeah, I just wanna get this money, yeah, yeah, I just wanna get this money. Lay back in the cut, you already know what's up when they rim me in the cup. Yeah, yeah, I just wanna make this money. Yeah, yeah, I just wanna make this money. It's French vanilla, and no one does it better. No one does it better than the Zim representer. And I'm coming at shot niggas, left, right, and center. Kudos always here, summer, spring, fall, and winter. Word around town if your boy gets it in. Uh, it's a long story, uh, where do I begin? The girls order liquor, man, I live a life of sin. A devilish heart with an innocent grin. Ralph on my chest, Michael on my wrist. I flex with finesse, now your wife's on my dick. I get a little neck, then I'm gonna hit. The scar's gonna hit, man, these hoes ain't shit. People always ask me, French, why you single? You're 35 plus, man, why the hell you single? They need to stop asking, I just love to mingle. They need to stop badgering, I just love to mingle. They wanna talk about me when they see me in the street, ask them what it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, I just wanna get this money. Yeah, yeah, I just wanna get this money.
Okay, that was it right there. Y'all need to get that beat. Yo, French, email me that beat. I like that shit. That's my next single. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, that was it. I like those soul samples. That's my stuff right there. Oh, right, yeah, right, man. Right. That's, that's <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah. For sure. For sure. What's the most difficult thing you had to endure in the music industry? Mm, the most difficult thing I had to endure in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I guess, I guess it's just kind of like getting people to actually like listen to your music and like respect what you're doing, you know, and and and, and actually take you take you somewhat seriously, you know, because like for the most part, people say that like if you're not if you're not on the radio or if you're not on TV, it's really hard to get people to actually like you know take a take take a second glance at you whenever you try to present your music to them. So that, that's that's um that was tough. That was tough in the beginning, but you know I think when you approach it from, like, a humble perspective and have people, like, listen to you as the person that they know first, then they're like, oh, you know your music is actually pretty good. There you go. All right, respect. That's crazy, man. That's crazy that you brought that up because I thought nowadays, you know, it's, it's all about views. That's what I thought. I didn't know that they still pay attention to, like, the radio and, um, of course, the, the TV. I, I, I didn't know that. That's That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's that, and it's like you know, word of mouth. So if somebody hears hears somebody else speak of you, then they'll go check it out. Or you know, they, they got it. You know, it, 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 it's hard. It's it's more difficult to present yourself and get you know what I'm saying, get props or whatever, than it is for somebody to come and just find you like through somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 radio has been playing it. Uh, they play it safe. You know, I remember. Uh, watch the documentary about MTV, how MTV were the outsiders at one point because radio had this whole strict playlist thing. Like we play, we call people, what do you want to hear? Yeah. Air supply? We'll just play air supply all day. And MTV at one point were the outsiders because they were playing all the stuff that radio wouldn't play. Yep. And now I think a lot of artists are turning to social media and going to like uh, YouTube right. because now yeah. that's become the place to find stuff that radio won't play again. So it's kind of come around full circle. Yep, it's very true. Yeah. Now, uh, do you produce your own music, or do you have producers who to do it for you? No, so I, I actually have producers that work with me. So I have like a, a couple of guys from pretty much all over the place. I have like a producers back home in Zimbabwe, and okay. some dudes in Europe, and um, a couple of cats here in the U.S. as well. But I have like different people that help me with the production. Now, when you do the when when you have people who do music for you. Do they just give you beats and then you make it work for you, or do you tell them, "Hey, this is what I want. This is kind of what I want." So yeah, it actually works both it. ways. <laughs> it, it, it works both ways. So sometimes I like, um, I'll I'll have an idea of something that I want. Like I have a song where I like I, I like I like this particular song, and I want to see if you can sample it for me. So I'll send it to like two or three of my buddies that 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 do production, and I'll I'll ask them to sample it and give me like their best sample, and I'll take it from there. Or sometimes they'll just send me something, send me something and say, "Hey, you know what? I I I made this beat and I was thinking about you when I made this beat. And I think you'll like it." Okay. Okay. Because I I I heard rumors about like a uh, heavy D, God rest his soul, his uh, going out with uh with some with certain producers and they were trying to give him beats and he was just like, "Nah, nah. Like this is what I want you to make for me." You know, and I didn't know if if that was just unique to someone like Heavy, or do or, do, or does everybody just say, uh, you know, like like you said, hey, uh, I like this song. Can you sample it for me and make a beat beat out of it for me? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I think it, it, it all goes. So I I have you know people that I interact with that are that are recording artists as well, and they'll be like, well, I just kind of want the beat to sound this way. So you know, I'll talk to somebody, and then we'll sit together, and we'll we'll actually put the you know put the beat together. Almost like you know if if you ever read on um, how Jay Z and Ninth Wonder made threats, they basically sat down together and they, they they built the beat together from scratch. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes right. I have people that I'm I'm fortunate enough to where I have that kind of a relationship where we can actually build the beat together. People that are just good producers and they have stuff that's pre-packaged already that I just like already. And then there's just some people where I'll send them an idea and then they'll run with it and then send me something back that's finished. Okay. 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 Well, touching on sampling, uh, one thing I, I, I wanted to figure out is um how does that work like i understand that your music is on itunes google play and um, all the other platforms how does it how does it work with sampling do you still have to get it cleared or oh yeah 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 yeah. so so with the sampling right if you sample something longer than seven seven or eight seconds then you have to get mm. the sample cleared, right? But you only have to get it cleared if you're going if you sell more than like five thousand copies or whatever whatever you're working on at that moment. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so when you make a when you start making a lot more money on it, then you have an issue with the with the sample clearance. Wow. You know, I I I'd heard uh, there was a reggae artist this is like back in the the nineties, it was years ago. But they asked him about all these reggae artists who sample, not not just sample, but I mean, they just, like, they'll do a reggae version of Tony Braxton's Breathe Again, or they'll do a reggae version of uh, uh, Fast Car, or something like that. And they asked them, like, don't they ever get caught doing that? And they were like, yes, but these people may sell three or 4,000 vinyl, rec- vinyl copies, you know? Yeah mainly sold to like the DJs and the and the radio stations. So they don't they, they don't make enough money to justify suing them. Could Tony Braxton sue? Yeah. Would you get anything? No, cuz they didn't make anything. So it's weird that they have that I mean it, it makes sense I should say that they have that rule now where it's like yeah, if you only sell like 5 6000 copies, yeah, fine, but if you end up going gold, then it becomes an issue like okay, now we want yep. a cut. That's crazy. That's very wow, I never knew that. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. At least at least they do kind of look out for a little guy, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I know I know those samples aren't cheap. They are not well, cheap. they're not cheap. They're they're not cheap at all. Um like in my regular job, my daytime job, and I'm I'm actually like an, an IT guy, but I work with a lady who has a relationship with God, I forgot the guy's name. He's a he's a blues singer from the from the fifties. Fred, I forget I forget his last name. But she knows his kids, and so um, a lot of artists approach her family or her estate or his estate to try to get uh, sample clearance, mm-hmm. and they won't they won't clear the sample if you curse in your music. But huh. she was saying that they've been they've been offered like you know like half a mil, a mil, two million dollars for sample clearance, and they just won't do it because of the um the cursing. Wow! 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 I might be a little bit different on that. I mean, if they're, I mean, if they're offering that type of money, I, I guess I can go with cursing. I probably couldn't go with, uh, you know, I, 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 I could lower my standards a scotch. You know, maybe you not throw them out the window, but lower them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
once in a while. Clearly, it's not about money when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I have two questions. So, who produced that last track? That track? I mean, I'm just really. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> and I think I'm going to add it to my playlist. You know what I'm saying? When I'm oh last, yeah, the last track, I'm man. Closed. Last track was hot. <laughs> That that was produced for, by a cat from um from Nigeria. Yeah. Mm. Nigerian cat, a young dude. His name is F E F E F E Joda. F E F F I J O T A. And he made he makes like the ill sample beats. Okay. And what artists do you currently have in your playlist in your your iPod, your iPhone, your Android phone, whatever device you use? What's on your playlist? Like what's on constant repeat? Man, I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Vibes Cartel. Vibes Cartel. Mm. Uh, he's 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 a reggae artist. Uh, Bob Marley, Jay Z, uh, Fabulous. I love Fabulous. Uh, Jada Kiss. Uh, Drake. I like Drake. You like Drake? Oh, yeah, I do like Drake. Believe it or not, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Don't judge me. No, you know what? I, like Drake. I, I can't really. <laughs> you know, I I may not be a fan of Drake. It's just like I'm not that big a fan of Jay-Z, but I understand that they're tremendously talented. They do make good music. It's just not music that's just on my wavelength. So I don't yeah, really yeah. – I don't, I don't raise eyebrows. People say, oh, I love Drake. I don't raise eyebrows to that. That just seems to me like, oh, okay. Well, that means he likes good music. You know, <laughs> Just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not on my wavelength. That's true. Yeah. I'm more of a run the jewels type of guy. So Yeah. Go go go! Yeah, what? Okay. <laughs> I definitely want to go in and check out one of your shows, man. I mean, are you performing anywhere, or do you have like any upcoming events? Yeah, I should have something lined up for uh, for the beginning of the year. Okay. But cool, um, cool, yeah, cool. so you can you can you can check me out at uh, www.frenchvanilla.com. That's with a ph. Um, YouTube.com/slash/frenchvanilla. And um, on my Facebook page, French Vanilla as well. And there's um, a lot of information on there, videos, music, and show information as well. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, oh, you already just told us. How about that? Actually, I just killed my question. <laughs> All right. Well, um, introduce, um, introduce the, your next song that's coming up. Um and uh, tell us, you know, what inspired it, and we're going to go into it. So I've um, got it going on. All right. I, I have French Vanilla, Got It Going On, produced by Cheesecake Beats. It's basically about how um, French Vanilla got got a, got a presence everywhere. You know what I'm saying? They love me everywhere. Everywhere they listen to the music in London, in Zimbabwe, in Germany. i got fans everywhere, and that's what the track is cool. about, feel-good music. All right. Got It Going On by French Vanilla. French vanilla. Chad, what up, nigga? Yeah. That's right. Hop up in that 747 and I'm gone, yo. Smoke a lot of sets with the weekend in Toronto. Need a little rest, tell the pilot head to Oslo. The chicks is tall, is thick, and they blonde, though. They touch down Harare, they treat me like a donzo. Cause Mr. China Garris got it going on, yo. Chicks 
on our woods, they all want that long dong And we be smoking good shit, louder than a gong dog Then we off to Cali, just me and my crew Cali chicks is cool, they love to smoke too They love to swim nude, they love to bone too And if shit that cool, then she fuck the whole crew But New York babes, they don't play that So put you in your place, real real fast And they don't fuck with cats that don't know how to act they don't fuck with cash that don't know how to act I've been here, I've been there I've been to Zimbabwe, I've been everywhere I've been out in London, I've been out to Bond And everywhere I go they say I got it going on I've been here, I've been there I've been to Zimbabwe, I've been everywhere I've been out in London, I've been out to Bond And everywhere I go they say I got it going on I can't forget my queen's from Jamaica Every time I see you Gotta thank the maker Let me get your number Can I call you later? Let's enjoy the summer And be regrets for later 737 Southwest And I'm gone, yo 614 I'm headed to Ohio She whipping the court But she a boss, though And she got a thing For the boys on the low, low I got a lawyer chick That live in Silver Spring When she see the kid She treat me like a king She a good girl that deserve a ring I would if I could But that ain't my thing But Carolina girls I love y'all to death I've been around the world But all y'all's the best For Raleigh out to Durham Y'all better than the rest And all these other girls They never can test I've been here I've been there I've been to Zimbabwe I've been everywhere I've been out in London I've been out to Bond And everywhere I go They say I got it going on I've been here I've been everywhere I've been out in London I've been out to Bond And everywhere I go to say I got it going on Haha <laughs> French Vanilla Cheesecake Beast What up? We've been here and there Everywhere Back and forth We got it going on all right, all right, all right. And that was French Vanilla. Got it going on. Oh. Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. What's going on? What up, what up? Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome, French. I'm so sorry I missed a huge chunk of your interview, but I've enjoyed listening to you guys for the last uh, few minutes here. There's a lot of good Well, that's great. That's cool because you can catch it on Google Play and iTunes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think um, I think you guys did a good job of covering some of the questions I had, especially about asking what what's on a uh, French's playlist because you know, who can blame him for liking Drake? <laughs> that was my takeaway. <laughs> as long as there, there's no Beyonce on in the playlist, I'm good. So, you know, you're, you're fine with Drake. I, I was still on this. I was like, oh, probably Beyonce. I mean, who can... No. <laughs> Beyonce's on there by proxy because we all know Beyonce is on Drake's playlist. So it's like he's listening to Beyonce through Drake. So I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, thank you for um, being a featured guest on today's show, French Vanilla. 
I'm definitely right, gonna add some, me, guys. I'm definitely gonna add some of those tracks to my playlist. Uh, that 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 soul sample. That's it all day right there. I need that beat, man. Send me that beat. Right. <laughs> I'll do that. Man. I appreciate the love. That's not a problem at all, man. Definitely appreciate it. Y'all take care. All right, you too. All right, oh, hit us with that ratchet. The sister ratchet. <laughs> sister ratchet. So, this was, I, Charles and I had an in depth discussion about how much loving hip hop is kind of taking a summer for the worst and how all the characters are, for the most part, really annoying. Um, but my favorite part of this week has been watching the drama with Mandy unfold on social media. She's been going back and forth with Mendeecee's children's mothers, uh, basically on some shit like, I, I won because I'm the wife, I got the ring, and y'all have to just say the mamas kind of thing. And um, the question part to me about that is, how can Mandy try to come to the children's mothers when... And not only is he in jail, but he's in jail for like eight years or something ridiculous. So it's not like you're about to see him anytime soon. We got a month bid. This dude got an eight year bid. So what'd he do? I think it was was some type of drug related charge. It was some type of trafficking related charge. Yeah, it was a drug related charge, yeah. Yeah, he's doing federal time for it. So you know he's going to do every bit of that time. It's not like he's going to get out early. Like, he's doing every bit of that. And so what's been going on with the people on the show? It's like, right before he went into jail, you know, he had a sit down with all the baby mamas, basically, um, and was like, I need y'all to work together while I'm away so that way, you know, the kids can still be in touch. All the kids can know their brothers and sisters, whatever. But uh, is it safe to say that's not going to happen? Yeah, it's not going to happen. And the mothers don't like Yandy for whatever reason. They claim that she is lying on them. I don't know what about, and that she keeps trying to look like Mother of the Year, but she's really not. It's just a lot of vague information. It seems like drama for no reason. But it has been fun to watch it play out on social media because they put up these little memes where they like throwing shots at each other back and forth. And one of the baby moms, she put a, she put together like a little slideshow <laughs> playing the, uh, the little Wayne song, Receipts, like where it used that sample, I got to hold on to my receipts. Because Yandy came for her and called her, Yandy came for her and called her a slide, a slide piece. <laughs> Not a side piece, but a slide. She was like, you was just a slide. And you was never really his woman. So she decides to put together this little uh, montage of pictures to that song and that basically looked like she was in the slide because if she was, then how would they be in all the pictures together? Like, I I don't know. It just seems like guys don't like pictures. They're five pieces. It's just been really petty all week. Just going yeah, it was really, yeah, that's, that's really petty. That is extremely petty on both sides. I mean, on all sides. Oh, oh absolutely on all sides. But... The biggest bombshell is that they're not really married. Have you heard that? I've heard that, but that was just a rumor that Erica made up. But, uh, no, but this week, what's the name confirmed it? Mona Scott Young. She confirmed it this week on the Wendy Williams show. 
I saw them get married on TV. They're married. That's not married. She said it was a lovely ceremony. A ceremony and a marriage are not the same. So on paper. So do they not have a marriage license? Apparently not. And next week's episode uh, (laughs) is crazy because on the preview, Yandy does some petty shit like changes the lock on one of the apartments so that the baby's mother can't get inside. And apparently, because apparently, like, the apartment must have been in Mendeecee's name. So she, when the woman confronts her about it, she tells her that's what a wife does. Like, in other words, I have authority that you don't have, so I change the locks to my apartment. Well, how can you change the locks if that's not really your husband? So I don't I don't know where this is going, but it's going to be quite a trauma. I'm going to be there for all of it. And that's it. But I'm so, the big, so the big question is, like, is it drawing you in? <laughs> I mean, yeah, just because I'm, I'm invested at this point. You are invested. invested. I'm invested. I'm going to help you anyway. Is it solely because of that or... Because no, and I also, but I do like Juju. I feel like Juju, um, because this week was the first week we've Juju on the show. And they still haven't brought in Peter Guns yet. But this was the first week that we saw Juju and Cameron on the show. And Juju is gorgeous. Not only is she gorgeous, but she speaks like she has sense. So we haven't really seen anything where, like, you know, she's doing anything ratchet. I I don't follow her on social media, but I might start. Um, she talks about, like, writing books and stuff. Like, she just, she doesn't seem like she's your run-of-the-mill trash, you know, like, that's on these types of shows. Until and the producers get on them and say, you know what, you have to bump it up or we're going to cut you. And what I don't happens? know. So you have situations I mean, like Yandy. That's just behaving real petty at this point. Not not making any sense to me, at least. <laughs> you know, with the whole, you know, wanting the, the the little kids to be together, but yet I'm gonna undermine the the biological mom and do whatever it is I want to do with the child. No, that's human. <laughs> somebody, I mean, I can only be nice, but so much. And then eventually, once you show me that you have no interest in working with me, I'm gonna work against you. But it's not her place to go ahead and make decisions for that child, especially when the pop is not in play. But what kind of decisions is she making? Like, I have not heard them say anything where, you know, I haven't heard them name anything specific, especially especially little Mendeecee's mom. Like, she's really all over the place. The other one is Select upset another because, topic. No, we're not going to say that. She's upset because Yandy keeps calling her a fly. Like, I understand that anger. That anger is coming from a real place. But the other one just seems mad for no fucking reason. Like, I don't understand why she's really upset. Well, I mean, I mean, she she probably heartbroken because of the whole marriage situation. You know, I mean, they, they really didn't go deep in depth, in depth with that, you know, I mean, you know, here it is that you're you're getting all this particular attention from yeah, from, from that, this person. Right. And As of right now, I don't see it. Like she ain't saying what she Please, needs. She select another saying, topic. She just keeps <laughs> saying some bullshit about how she wants her to 
to stop pretending or stop making mother decisions, but I haven't heard her cite one reason that she is doing that. So, whatever. I'm going to keep watching, hoping for answers, I guess. Whatever. I think that reality TV is losing its ump, and that it's just not what it used to be. And hopefully 2017 will be the year that it all falls to the wayside and we get some real TV again. Mm-hmm. Bring real TV. Now there has been there has been an upheaval against reality TV, and as far as getting good scripted content, um, like for regular shows, we've seen we've seen Cure, we've seen uh, Atlanta. This we've seen Black. Yeah. Black, yeah. Black has been nominated and so has Insecure for Mad Golden Globes and Awards. Like these people are out here doing it. Like I have I have my good TV and I have my Bad TV. As long as you know it's bad TV, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they could definitely up the ante on the ratchetness, man. I mean, just just bring in like a sense of realism to the script. You know, I mean, I think that um, what's her name? Like going back to to Justin, I think she embodies that perfectly. You know, there's certain scenes where she acknowledges the fact that you know she uses it. She has she has she needs this to eat, <laughs> and she displays that on the screen. Who is that? Who is that? Miss Jocelyn, Jocelyn Hernandez. Word, because that music ain't popping on shit. Her stripping. That's well, that's what I'm, I mean. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> I've only seen a few people actually pimp this damn reality game like they're supposed to. That's Cardi B, and that's um Michelle Michelle K. Yeah. But even yeah. her, like she's going by the script way too much as far as Cardi B goes. You know, like. She's like every scene with her, she's acting out. You know. Yeah, but see, Jocelyn, not... the reason I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you about Jocelyn because she does shit when cameras ain't around, so you can't blame it on that. No, that bitch really crazy. That's how she. That's what I'm saying. Yes, and that's that's the whole point of Ratchet TV, at least from my perspective. I don't know. <laughs> so why don't they just Ratchet TV, Ratchet and Love? I mean. To me, this is not love. They're not going to do that. I don't see love. <laughs> I just don't see love. I don't even see hip-hop. I see garbage rap. I mean, well, they, they had to bring you in somehow. <laughs> All and you see that, that Kelsey Houston, Houston must have been some real garbage. They're not even bringing Houston back. They had a Houston? I didn't know they had a Houston. No, it was huh. supposed to be coming. It was supposed to be coming. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it came out because I heard they said they wasn't going to get a second season. No, 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 no. You know I would have talked about that if that was the case. I well, you know, Houston ain't going to be nothing about me. fucking smoking, surf, and fucking fucking with strippers. That's all they about. <laughs> and cocaine. Yeah. That was, if it was Miami, you have Atlanta for that, that, so. that was, I mean, <laughs> who are we going to see in Miami? Fucking... I mean, who's legitimately going to go on that show besides Trick Daddy, Dusty Ass? Trina. Trina won't do it. Trina won't do it. You had Trick Daddy on there? Uncle Luke. Some of his kids or something? No, no, no. Uncle Luke, he's too calm. He's too calm at this point. We need somebody that's going to turn it up like Trick Daddy. I think Trick Daddy will be... That'll be a lively addition. To the cast, if they were to do it, if they were to do anything like that, we'll see. 
Nah, Miami got too much liability tied to it. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't allow it, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about collateral beauty. Oh, there you go. So, now, I, I have to ask, before you get started, I have to ask, did you guys like it? Because Rotten Tomatoes hated it. So, I, loved I, it. I loved it. I was paid to see it. And you oh, guys know. How, how often do you yourself, Merck, agree with Rotten Tomatoes? Most of the time. Sometimes I okay. don't. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to say they got it wrong this time. Go ahead, Al. Yeah, they, they definitely got it wrong because... There were a couple of watch lists in there. It it was a feel-good movie. I saw a couple of trailers, though, and I was like, they were playing, like, the, this Christmas, uh, Donny Hathaway's This Christmas, and I was like, um, I don't know if that song would fit that trailer, like, to make it kind of be, like, a feel-good Christmas movie. Not that it wasn't. It just, it was kind of sad. Like, it was, it was weird. Dramatic than your happy-go-lucky Christmas movie. It definitely caused you to reflect. Um, there were there were some gems in there. I'm going to take away and use on a conversation with my grandmother later um, to talk about death. But um, I mean, it was just I think it was a really good movie. I teared up a couple of times, and I'm not the biggest Will Smith fan, but he did a good job. He did a good job in this movie, and I really. Enjoyed it. I would have paid to see it, and to me, that's always like the true test of whether or not a movie was good. And I thought for free that I would have paid to see it. I agree with everything O says. I don't even really fuck with Will Smith like that, but this 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 one was this one was real. It made me, like she said, inner reflect. It was a melodramatic type of movie. Um, some plot twists in there that really was like I. I usually know how a movie's going to go just based on how long I've been watching movies and because I'm also a filmographer. But they, they threw some stuff in there that I never, didn't even expect, and I was pleasantly pleased because of that. I don't know if pleasantly pleased is even a correct term because that sounds like that's almost redundant. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. And the rest of the cast uh, more than made up for it. Uh, Jacob Lattimore, the only time, the last time I saw him in the movie was uh, Black Nativity. He was playing the role of Tom in this movie. And um, <laughs> the last time I saw him in Black Nativity, I just remember thinking, wow, his lips are so, like, why do they have his lips glossy? <laughs> but um, it just kind of, this this movie made me feel differently. He did a he did a good job as well. All of them worked really well together, like Ed Norton of course playing his own business partner. Yeah, Ed Norton did a great job. He did a great it's job. It's a good movie. It was just a good movie, I would say see it. Yeah, it definitely I don't care how hard you are, you are gonna tear up a little bit. I don't care if you you could be you could be you could be um fifty cent hard, you know what I'm saying? You could be Sylvester Stallone hard, but this if you got any any instance of a heart, you'd be like, yeah, this movie, this movie did something. You know what I'm saying? Now I don't think it's gonna get no awards or anything like that because of, you know how much hate goes in the direction of black leads. But I do believe it was a great movie, and I don't think nobody, I can't think of many other artists, many other um actors who could have played the role. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that as well. 
So how many fear jerkers out of ten you give it? Seven. Eight. Seven. Seven. Eight. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now That's how pretty many good. how many stars now how many stars I give it out of four? I give it I give it three point eight. Okay. Okay. I thought. I wait. I thought. My bad. I thought. I thought the tearjerkers were the stars. And like, how much you gonna cry? Yeah. Like, we didn't cry that much, Odie. Come on now. Let's oh, be honest. I didn't cry that much. Oh, I was. I teared up like three or four times. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot for a film. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but when you did that, almost all the way through the film, there was like no highlights that made you say, "Ooh." I mean, there was really no high high point in which you was like, "Yeah," like, "Oh yeah, this is good." It, it was just kind of. Kind of sad throughout. That's you I'm don't like, you don't I'm want to be clinically depressed to watch this movie. I give that warning. God damn. Okay. So taking yeah, that into consideration, like, it's marketed <laughs> as like a feel good movie, a feel good Christmas movie, and I don't think that that's right. But you know, they were playing like this Christmas, like and uh, it's not like your black people. Home for the holidays in the movie, like it's it didn't, not. It that didn't cold. seem like it from the trailers. Like the trailers, it it did make it seem like it was gonna be a sad movie, and like right. it, and and maybe from the trailer, like it was gonna be okay in the end for everybody except Will Smith. So I don't know if that's the case, but I didn't get you know that Christmas vibe from it. I just got I, like, yeah, Will Smith is in yeah, a bad way and he's having a hard time mind. coping with it. I was like, yeah, all right, all right. Well, that was that. We're out of time. As always, we seem to run over. Um, <laughs> check us next Saturday at 10 a.m. And check Politrix out on Monday at 7 p.m. And that's it. And we out with Coalition Cypher. Fresh Brandon. Vanilla. No, not that song. I'm sorry. I'm nice with it, precise with it. I only drink any with a little bit of ice in it. Your wife might get it. My game is tight with it. Only fuck for ten minutes, but never spend a night with it. You cats couldn't come fix if the AIDS infested bitch was sucking your dick. And you couldn't spit shit if you had a turn attached to your lips. Ripping them teeth is my purpose. I spit the sickest verse. Try to battle me, you're worthless. I bomb crash with combat. Where you stand, where you get stomped at. I rip my brains out just to show you where my mind at. You must be out your mind, black. Thinking you can see me. And even if I was the son, your ass couldn't beat me. I destroy you completely. My style is reckless. How dare you want to test this? I leave you chestless. Rip out and test this. So I can wear it as a necklace. Eat you for breakfast. Fuck that. Eat you before you wake up. I got razor sharp lyrics that'll cut you like a shape of I murdered you. Verbally burning is past the third degree I'm so nice even deaf people heard of me Mockery, philosophy, and logically a lottery And layman terms, ain't another nigga hot as me My microphone skills are beyond mastered I spit verbal lyrics that leave your bones fractured Verbal disaster, quicker than a tornado that touched down in Nebraska So don't sit me like weed in front of Bobby and Whitney Make me empty three in a side of your kidney You must be kidding me my lyrics is epitome, you can't You're off to the max fat, the Fibonacci with the black cracker The man with the iron mask, you've been revealed that it's no Manassi Y'all can't sweat shit, be more be the type of cracker that never regret shit I'ma run up in your crib and plant my seed where your head sit So bad shit ain't competitive You build that house and I level it, ain't it evident That's for once fifth element We stepping in in the mob's father Who locked y'all's tighter than Rottweiler Who start wars and bomb on ya But a piece of this, what a beef for this Coalition only keeping it, shit Y'all don't really wanna take me to the street
this, we heating it up and blasting trash and fucking it like a porno. Is your best at where your chest at? Put a two off in your torso. When I'm me, I pity the other. So watch you meet millennium. Tell me your best like Indians. Open up, just start oblivion. Add on, cost me walk and walk. Billboard charts, you chopped it off. Straight to the morgue and drop y'all. Get ready for the hip hop off y'all. Be in the way. Dead niggas on the top. You wanna fuck the coalition? Cause the Venus survivors still get wrecked. Motherfucker, get wrecked. I ain't taking no shit. I'm just taking y'all bitches to set. And disrespect the real soldiers wearing ghetto fatigue. When it's time to go to war, we make your bitches see Blood red, leave a dead with two shots in their head All the arms that we make is evidence for the best I don't talk about it, I feel about it, I talk about it I didn't represent that killer shit, yeah, I'm the killer I admit, niggas born, join the team, rap with Jack and G.O. I went to pick you for the sweet, and you my nasty afro That fool shit is dead, kid, and overrated With my motherfucking time, you live with me, castrated I hate it, I hate you, and you hate me I get the fucking like a father can't fade me. I got more albums in my credit than you bitches that check. They wanna get the head out the can't handle these back. We must. You need stronger wrists to beat me. Small soldiers. You need bigger arms to beat me. That motherfucker with sex. It's all in demand. But for me, Mr. Blue will be the last man standing. I got bombs like Oklahoma City. This way to turn shifty. I get down to the nitty gritty. Yes, bitch, you want Now what's motherfucking on? Before you come up like phone, I'ma cut the gut phone. Bust your balls right, you know. Like those hard hitting models bitten, shit that's been a must, cause I'm infamous. But these niggas still hate, chop them up like these niggas up on the mic like steak. So nigga pass the plate, straight to the face, like a six pack, saucy like a big mac. Watch your back get hit with a mini mac, no time to react. Nigga, I'm busting, I'm strapped. Fuck around with me, nigga, they'll find your white parts in every 